friends and family. Welcome to Wisdom Wednesday, where true wisdom is applying God's word to your life. Gracious and eternal Father, we come to say thank you. Thank you, Father God, for your bountiful blessings, your mercy, your grace, your deliverance, and your favor, Father. Thank you, Father God, for everybody that's tuning in right now. I'm asking you to touch them right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, remove any restrictions from their minds and their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, remove anything from me that will hinder your word that's going forth, Father. Thank you, Father God, in Christ Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to share this with you. Pastor Grayson and I were having a conversation earlier this week. And what he said, what Pastor Grayson said by the power of the Holy Spirit, really was profound to me and the, and, the, and the Holy Spirit really started working with me after the word went forth through Pastor Grace and Pastor Grace said he was telling me about the ministry of Jesus Christ the ministry of Jesus Christ and then he said it's all about acceptance it's all about acceptance Right now, we're going to ponder upon that word acceptance right now because it's such a small word, but it, it, it means so much and it, and it covers so much of, of territory. I, I was able to search the word acceptance and it came up with two definitions. The first definition said, it says the action of consenting to receive or undertake something offered. The first definition said the action of consenting to receive or undertake something offered. The second definition says that the action or process of being received as adequate or suitable typically to be admitted into a group. I'm going to say that again. The action or process of being received as adequate or suitable typically to be admitted into a group. That's, that's so profound to me. Acceptance, acceptance. We, we look at acceptance in, in, holistically and when a child is born, that child should be accepted into that family. Notice what I say should. Should be accepted into that, that family. I look back on my, my years of, of being youthful and, and young and, and an adolescent, going to school and being accepted into a, a particular group with my, my friends. That's how friends are made because you've been accepted into that group. Psychologists say that acceptance is so important, important that it gives an individual a sense of belonging it is essential human need, just like the need of food and shelter. Acceptance. Acceptance. Sometimes in our lives, we, we, we feel like that we've been rejected more than we are accepted. Acceptance, acceptance is so crucial in our developmental phases in life. Accepting is so important to us being a whole person and a, and a whole human being because our human nature loves to be accepted. And then when we are not accepted, it brings on the spirit of rejection. 
acceptance not received brings on the spirit of rejection. Now what rejection is, is not being accepted. And in our lives, sometimes we take it in personal. And in some, some developmental phases, we're dealing with rejection that happened in our childhood. And ultimately, rejection is a, is a foothold for the enemy. Rejection leads to bitterness. In our culture of, of being African Americans and in our history, rejection was our plight. Everywhere we went, to, we had rejection. We, we went here and there and had rejection. We couldn't have certain things, and we were rejected from those things. Even if we look at our grandparents and our ancestors, if we give, if, if, if by God's grace they're still living, they're still dealing with certain rejection issues that they had to deal with in their upbringing, certain bitterness that often uh, 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 is transferred into the next generation. That bitterness is transferred into the next generation so that bitterness becomes almost like a generational curse because that bitterness has been passed down. Acceptance. Acceptance. Let us go to Mark chapter 6, verse 4. Mark chapter 6, verse 4. It says... But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country among his own relatives and his own house. What Jesus is saying that a prophet has no honor amongst his relatives and his hometown. We got to look at Jesus. Jesus was the son of God, the Christ, the, the Messiah. You see, they accepted Jesus as Joseph's boy. Yeah, we knew Jesus because he grew up with my son. Yeah, we, we know Jesus because, yeah, he went to trade school and went to corporate school with somebody else I knew. They accepted that part of Jesus, but they didn't see the inside working that the Lord and the Holy Spirit was doing in Jesus' life. You see, they were, they were able to accept him as an as a ordinary an ordinary man. But when Jesus started to present himself as being extraordinary, they didn't accept him. They didn't accept him. So Jesus' mindset, we have to understand Jesus' mindset, mindset in this particular scripture because Jesus is feeling some kind of way. Because if Jesus wasn't feeling some kind of way, he wouldn't have said that a prophet has no honor in his own town amongst his kindred. See, Jesus was, was brought on this earth so we could feel, so he can feel the same things we feel. He felt the rejection. He felt the, 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 the way his emotions felt that particular way. But Jesus had to transform it into something else and, and transform it to a, a teachable lesson for the disciples. Jesus felt rejection. He, he felt rejection. He felt rejection in his ministry with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He felt rejection with the people that did not receive him. We looked at the definition that says being not received. That if, if they did not receive you, you, you can't receive the blessing that God has for you if you did not receive him. But Jesus tells his, his disciples a, a valid lesson. 
he admonishes them. He said, when I send you out and somebody doesn't accept you or receive you, dust your feet and flee. That was to tell the disciples that don't, don't get your feelings hurt. Don't, don't feel some kind of way when you go to an individual house or, or you try to spread the gospel and somebody rejects you. Don't take it to heart. What peace doesn't abide, dust your feet and flee. Rejection is, 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 a, is a foothold for the enemy. How many times have we been rejected in, in our life for, for a job or, or a relationship and we, we feel rejected and we, we feel bitter towards the individual that rejected us? But in actuality, Jesus is telling you here, I know you go, you're going through rejection. I know the bitterness in your heart, but I can't use you if you have bitterness in your hearts. We have to use the same lesson as he told the disciples that peace doesn't abide, does your feet and flee. It's all right when they reject you. Because when they reject you, they essentially don't know who you are in Christ. We rejected in our in our lives and also rejected in the congregation. When the world has rejected us and our families have rejected us. And we go to a place and a congregation has rejected us because the, the gift that God has put in us, they don't understand. Because the way the Holy Spirit is working with us, they don't understand. It's a difference if I'm not living right. I, I don't reject the person. I reject the lifestyle that the person is living. Even though they live in a way that I do not. Then the word, the word, what the word said is not in accordance with the word. I still do not reject them. Jesus said, I'll make you a fisherman of men. But Jesus said, catch the fish. He didn't say, clean them. Our obligation is to catch the fish. The word of God will clean the fish up. The Holy Spirit will clean the fish up. We're here. Rejection. Rejection. They, there's even an instance towards Jesus was traveling. He was traveling with his disciples, James and, and John. And Jesus wasn't received in a particular country. And James and John were, were upset because they didn't receive Jesus because Jesus previously went there and, and healed the sick and, and did miraculous things in their country and they couldn't understand why they wouldn't receive Jesus. And James and John said, should we call down fire from heaven like Elijah did upon them? See, Jesus had to rebuke them. Rebuke mean I'm in disagreement with the words that just came out of your mouth. I'm, I'm in disagreement with you. See, Jesus was a wasn't afraid to rebuke you when you was wrong. Notice what I say, rebuke, I didn't say condemn. Jesus was quick to say, get behind me, Satan. You see, but James and John mindset is that I'm angry because you rebuked us. How many times that we get angry because somebody rejected us? How many times that we get angry and we want to fight back and, and lash out when we're rejected? But Jesus is telling us, no, that's not the way to be. That's not the way to be. 
we must understand that rejection is a plight of the enemy. And it's something that we all go through. The Holy Spirit gave this to me the other day. In transitioning to something greater, sometimes we get stuck. When transitioning to something greater, sometimes we get stuck. Now what that means, the, the, the Holy Spirit gave me this picture. If you all understand and whomever out there grew up learning how to drive on a stick shift. Learn to drive on a stick shift. I don't know who I'm talking to out there, but when driving a, a stick shift and you're just learning, when you have to go to a, a higher gear, and if you don't go to that next gear smoothly, it's going to make that noise. Now let me tell you this. When it makes that noise, some individuals get nervous and get scared and go back to the gear before but some of us stay with that gear and we find out where that gear is and, and find out the path for that gear so we can switch to the next gear. I'm telling you this evening that sometimes we do get stuck. But don't fret. But don't remain stuck. See, we have to find that path that we're supposed to go in. And sometimes we might hear the noise. Sometimes we might have to struggle to get to that next gear. But once we get to that next gear, we're able to move into the next destination or the next gear. But don't be in a mindset to where when you hear that noise, when you go to that next gear, don't drop back down. Don't drop back down. We're so used to when we get into certain situations in our lives and certain situations that are, are, are out of the norm and change because not all the time we we like changes. Not all the time growth is uh, comfortable. So what we like to do, we like to go back to what we used to. We like to go back to what we used to. But when God delivered us from what we were used to, to over into a new setting, we can't go back. Once we, we've been delivered from something, we can't go back to that thing. For example, let's, let's look at Peter. You remember when Jesus told, told Peter that you'll deny me three times. And Peter said, oh, no, Lord. In so many words and paraphrasing, Jesus, I have your back. I got your back. You don't have to worry about that from me. But when the time came and Peter denied Jesus, Peter went, went back to what he knew best. He went back to fishing. But Jesus previously told him he was going to be the fisherman of men. And he was doing this when Jesus was on earth and before Jesus went to Calvary. But yet, in his feeling of rejection, in his feeling of, of failure, he went back to what he knew best until Jesus called him back off the boat. Right now, Jesus is calling you back out that situation. He's calling you back out that situation. The Lord is trying to transition you to something greater. And because it's uncomfortable and, it's, and it, it feels, it doesn't feel good, we want to go back to the old. 
when Jesus is trying to bring us to the new. Jesus is trying to bring us to something new. We remember Moses, don't we? Moses in the book of Exodus, the Lord told him to strike the rock in the book of Exodus. But if you go to Numbers, the book of Numbers, the Lord told Moses to speak to the rock. But see, Moses, we got to understand Moses had the biggest <laughs> mega ministry of all time. Moses had the charge of three million Israelites. The mumbling of the Israelites, the complaining of the Israelites, having to feed the Israelite people. But due to Moses' frustration, he went back to what he knew. He struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to the rock. But sometimes we get stuck. You see, the Lord is trying to move you to the next level. Instead of hitting something and using your hands for something, Jesus is telling you now, speak to it. Speak to it. In that situation, stop trying to put your hands in that situation and speak to that situation. He's trying to move you to the next level in your life. For being so physical to being more spiritual. We, we, we understand that the word says that the high calling, the high calling, we try to get to the point of the high calling, but exactly what's the high calling? What is the high calling? Is the high calling going to your particular ministry? Is the high calling saving souls? What is that high calling? The high calling is in Colossians chapter 3 verse 10 it says renewing myself of the knowledge of my creator and becoming more like him that's the high calling the same high calling Jesus had is the same high calling we should have the high calling is not going to your particular ministry or finding out what's your particular ministry. Your high calling is not saving soul, but your, your high calling, your high calling, the personal goal you should have in your life is renewing yourself in the knowledge of your creator and becoming more like him. How can we be more like our creator? We know our creator, in the beginning the word, there was the word and the word was with God. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So we have to speak things in our environment. We have to speak things in our atmosphere. That's the same thing the law was telling Moses. Instead of hitting something and using our, our tangible ability, we have to start speaking to that mountain and that mountain will be removed. I'll tell you this today, people of God. The Lord is transitioning us. He's transitioning us to something greater. He wants us to, to transition to something greater. But we can't get stuck. And if we are stuck, we have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to remove us from our rut that we're in. So we can move to that next level. Until next Wednesday, be blessed.